The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.blueclovertherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life to build a better you. Stay tuned. Um, I want to tell the audience about what show we watched the other day. What show did we watch the other day? Cool Runnings. Oh, because we're talking about cold. We're talking about the cold. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. It was adorable because our kids obviously have never seen it because they are not from the 90s. Right. And they were so cute because they didn't understand because these, these gentlemen come from Jamaica. Right. And they go to Canada. They went to Canada. It was like negative yep. 25 degrees. I don't know if it was actually negative 25 degrees. But they're all cold. And they're like, why are they so cold? I'm like, they've never experienced it. Yeah. And the dude got a telegram in the in the oh, mail. We need to bring that back somehow. I know. So it's it was pretty awesome. If you ever go anywhere, I'm going to send you a telegram. Right, done. I like it. Yeah, because wouldn't that be great yeah, that you, the lady comes to your door and you have a telegram? Yeah. It's and fun it, getting nostalgic with all these things. <laughs> So, yeah, so Cool Runnings, we highly recommend it. It was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, brought yeah. back childhood memories. Mm -hmm. So, a little later than childhood, isn't it? Mid 90s, right? I guess childhood. I think it was yeah. mid. Yeah, I don't know. So, anyway, all right, well, welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast. I am Jesse. And I'm Ty. And we review habits of successful people. Yep. And today we're talking about cool runnings. <laughs> we're talking about cool runnings. We're talking about the cold. Or, we're talking about cold weather. Or if you want to make it cool, chilly. Chilly weather. Chilly weather. Or. Cold weather, like the rest of us want to say. Yes. <laughs> so what it does to our brains and our bodies and how it can be used effectively. Yes. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of research out there. There's also a lot of, you know, gurus, cold gurus, like the Wim Hofs and things like yes, that. Yes, so, yeah. yeah. Run around with his shirt off. Run around in the snow with your shirt off, yep. jumping into ice cold lakes. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so it is beneficial to your mind and your body. So mm -hmm. today we're going to talk about that. Yep. And the actual research that's behind it. And actual research, you know, it's not just somebody hyping up their theory. Right. Okay. But well, first we're going to get into the history of cold. So we're going to start probably the Big Bang. And we're just going <laughs> to move through things that are cold. cold. All right. Here we go. This day in history. All right. So we're not going to talk about cold from the beginning of time. Right. Like space. Since we've had matter, we've mm -hmm. had cold. So we're going to talk about ice ages. Oh, yay. This is actually really interesting. Some interesting articles I found from, you know, ABC and different science websites. But an ice age is just essentially a time where a significant amount of the Earth's water is locked up on land and continental glaciers. Oh, very, So right now okay. we have some glaciers, right? We do. In Greenland and northern areas of the world, we have still some glaciers and they are receding. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. But um, our last ice age finished about 12,000 years ago or about 10,000 BC. Okay. And that's when the ice started, or the world started to warm, and the ice retreated back up. Because okay. these, these continental glaciers, they went all the way down through America, most of Northern Europe, most of oh, Northern really? Asia. Yeah, it really receded. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, so about every 100,000 years, and I say less in our little cycle right now, about mm -hmm. 100,000 years. Okay. With about a 10,000 year period of warming, and then it goes back into an ice age. Oh. So right now, this is, right now we're in something called the Quaternary 
glacian period quaternary um which began about 2.7 to 1 million years ago oh and so we're having these freeze thaw cycles where we have a pretty long freeze Mm -hmm. um it it started like 40,000 years and kind of got spaced out to 100,000 years of, of glaciers okay and then it gets warm and they recede and they're not quite sure they uh, people or scientists understand why these um, ice ages happen. That was giving me my question. Yeah. Like, why does it why does it cycle then? So there's a there's a few theories and reasonings out there. Uh-huh. One is the tilt of the Earth with the orbit of the Earth along its axis with the sun. That's always shifting. So the Earth is tilted. Right. It orbits the the sun, not in a constant shape. It's always kind of changing. And then the Earth wobbles. Right, right, right. And so when that happens, sometimes the northern hemisphere gets less solar radiation, causes temperatures to decrease, which starts a chain reaction, which starts an ice age. Oh, okay. I see that. During ice ages, too, it gets colder. And so the ice traps carbon dioxide in the ice, which lowers the temperature of the Earth even more, which propagates the ice age. Then when the wobble and the tilt and the solar radiation starts to come back, Mm -hmm. then it melts the glaciers, releases that carbon dioxide, which increases warming, Mm -hmm. and we have a little warm period for for a little bit. When it's a natural process. When it's a natural process. So we're due for an ice age based on our history right now. Oh, wait. So we should be frozen over. We should be frozen over. The problem is that we are releasing pretty massive amounts of carbon dioxide into the air. Yeah. So it's, we're usually about 170 parts per million to 280 parts per million of carbon dioxide. Okay. And right now we just gapped, or we just bridged that 400 parts per million. Oh my gosh. So we're essentially, we're essentially pushing ourselves past that threshold where we're warming the earth. Yeah. So the earth is, should be going into an ice age and we're kind of combating it. Oh, that cannot be, that can be even worse than what we're that's way worse than I would have ever imagined, yeah, actually. You, you think so? And it, and it could be. We really don't know the consequences of these things, right? Death. Probably. Probably <laughs> <It's> death. Probably <laughs> death. Um, but so anyway, so so this is... Um, let me get back on track here. Oh my gosh, I'm so, so sorry. Just even a small increase in the Earth's temperatures can add drastic changes. Right. So if, if global warming melts Greenland's and Antarctic's uh, ice sheets, mm-hmm. ocean will rise about 196 feet. 196 right, feet? Right, if, if we lose all of our glacier and Antarctic ice. Oh my gosh. Ice. But with that being said, there are times in history when we have lost the ice caps. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't like, hey, these have been here forever, and if we lose them, the whole world floods. There have been plenty of times in history, and pretty recent history, just a few million years ago, where the polar ice caps had no ice, or we had no ice on the Earth. Right. And so, yes, Global warming is doing these things and propagating these things naturally, but if everything melts, we've been in that state before. Yeah. Okay. Here's the devil advocate of that whole thing. Let's hear it. If the if the ocean really does go up that high, there's going to be lots of casualties in this process. Oh yeah, eighty percent of the earth. And we are absolutely contributing to that with the the CO that we put out. Right. Um. So if naturally we're supposed to be going into an ice age and we're pushing it outside of it into actually the hottest time, you know, maybe not the hottest time in history, but like hotter the mankind has seen. Right. Um, that can't be good. Like I would say like. And, and it can't be good. And, and over the last 200 years, we've had a lot of industrial revolution pollution. Right. A lot of carbon dioxide from that. But um, this Dr. Phillips is saying that as early as, because that wouldn't have 
triggered or prevented our ice age just in the last 200 years, right? So something else has been going on. We've been actually warming the earth for about 5,000 years oh. with farming. So, oh, yeah. So okay. mass production of farm animals releases a lot of methane. Mm-hmm. So cows produce a lot of methane, <laughs> which warms the earth. Right. Hey, you can make a joke if you want. I know, but no, but this idea that like our wanting more hamburgers has created global warming in and of itself, let alone the industrial revolution, which everyone wants to blame. Right. Um, which, oh, by far it has contributed, obviously. And sure. then all of our, the cars that we drive and all that. But like before that, farming really messed up the earth. Right. Cool. So it's pretty cool. But with that being said, so our modern day Homo sapiens, so we have we have lineage back to a million years ago, maybe as a, a common ancestor between ape and man, right? Okay. But Homo sapiens is about, what, 100, 200,000 years old? Well, the cool thing is the last ice age, which was about 100,000 years ago, okay. froze a lot of the seawater, and a lot of that water got, and, and our, well, actually, rainwater got locked up in glaciers, which lowered the sea level. Oh, Does that okay. make sense? Mm-hmm. So. They're caused, that caused a lot of land bridges, and that's why humans were able to spread so far across the world. So Asian nomads were able to walk across the Bering Strait, which was not a strait, it was a land bridge, and come to America. Oh, Same uh-huh. thing for Southern Asia. They were able to walk down like Malaysia and Papua New Guinea mm-hmm. and essentially take a short canoe ride to Australia. What? So without like these glacial, these ice age glacial periods... We wouldn't have spread as far as we have as humans. So, so what you're saying is, I should say, I love global warming. Is that what's happening? Well, no, no, that was that was a glacial period. <laughs> so we're in an interglacial period so where we're, it's receded, we're all... where the oceans are taller, we're higher. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Right. So we. So I hate global. Warming. So you hate global warming <laughs> because how are we going to get over to Russia or Asia without I know, without a nice without walk, a nice glacial? I want bridge. to walk there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, anyway, and so there's a few theories about about why this these happen. Maybe um, plate tectonics raises up and new rock falls in the ocean and it takes carbon dioxide with it. You know, there maybe it's the tilt of the sun or the tilt of the earth oh, and the sun. Oh, you mean when the so people c- don't really know why? Yeah, of, we don't know oh. why it's a cyclical fashion, fashion of this. Oh. But all we know is we're due, but we're preventing it by turning up, turn up the thermostat. Yeah, and who knows where we're gonna go. This was a really bummer history set. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of bummery, huh? Anyway, so look up your look up your global warming stuff, and then become become an advocate and yeah. say these these parka companies they're going to go out of business. Let's stop global warming so we can get another ice age. Is it that we should really enjoy the cold while we can because we're all going to be smoldering before we know it? Maybe oh if, my it, gosh. if it's running away. Yeah. Odds are, so fossil fuels, I'm, there's estimates fossil fuels will deplete in about 300 years. Okay. And at that point, we'll, depending on how our farming and agriculture goes, we'll probably de- de- depreciate our carbon dioxide release naturally. Okay. And then that will kind of filter itself out um, through natural processes. It'll go back into the ice. It'll go back into the oceans. Okay. And then the ocean, the world will cool again and probably hit some more ice ages. So... So who knows, who knows theory, where humans are going to be? But so, like, but I'm assuming that in 300 years, if we don't turn around, human population is going to be rough. Like, it's going to be a rough situation. Maybe like Mad Max style. 
Yeah, we'll see. Anyway. Make sure you're listening to this podcast in 300 years. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. Send us a telegram. We'll still be around. (laughs) So anyway, that's all I got for history segment. Oh, wow. That's really awesome and depressing at the same time. But because today we're talking about cold. The cold. And so why don't we break into some science and see what the cold does to your brain and your body. Yes, the science. Okay, so I was not going to tell you some of these facts. You're I was just going to hide I, them from I was going to take out research, which is completely unethical. Oh, you're going to cherry I, pick your research. I was, yeah, I was going to cherry pick my research because I didn't want you to get any ideas. Okay, but let's hear it. Okay, so first, the University of Wisconsin did this really mean study to these students where they made the room 56 to 60 degrees, and they found at that very specific degree span, um, students were so much better at cognitive tasks. Really? Yes. It's like significantly. However, they couldn't do any emotional tasks. So Perfect. If, if you wanted... We need an ice age. We, that's what it is. All right. Because they, they could work hard. And the idea is that there's glucose that is used up by your body just naturally because you're like functioning. But if you're cold, your blood gets shunted, like shunts To your major organs, yeah. And so you need less blood in your organs. And so it can go to your brain. Your extremities. But yeah, it goes to your brain. Yeah, it shunts from your your, um, extremities into your brain. Right. So you have more glucose to use in your brain and you don't need use it in your body that makes sense however what is interesting with this is that with the emotional component you don't need in theory you don't need your limbs for emotional um understanding other than hugs other than hugs. all right but yeah i get that <laughs> but but for whatever reason we can't get there and i can tell you firsthand um that if the room is cold you can't do therapy because our our office got really cold that one day right, right. and uh yeah no therapy was happening oh, okay yeah, yeah so sense. it's the same kind of idea there um, we burn more calories when um, we are working out if it's cold outside, if it's we, cold in our environment. Okay. Is that just because our body's naturally kicked up the metabolism to combat the cold? Yeah. So there's two thoughts on that. It's the, the kick up of the metabolism and that, that it takes way more work to keep your body warm because right. it's, it's already automatically trying to shut that blood in. So it takes more energy to keep blood out. Okay. So work out in the cold. Work out in the cold. Uh, let's see. Cold um, also reduces inflammation, which I think is like, well, duh. That's why we put ice on our. But our... but inflammation everywhere. Everywhere. So if you walk outside without a coat, and I mean, I still want you to wear like a, maybe a long sleeve t shirt or something. But if you're in fifty degree weather for four minutes, uh huh. Please wear a t shirt. Yeah, we gotta wear a long sleeve t shirt. You're <laughs> such a mom. All right. <laughs> um, fifty get to fifty degrees for four minutes uh-huh. reduces inflammation everywhere, including. The brain. Including your brain. Isn't that amazing? So we're always talking about in our early episodes, reducing inflammation in the brain. Mm -hmm. This literally does it in an external way. Yep. So So if you're cruising outside, take off your jacket because it's going to assist in that process. I think think this is just nuts that cold affects us in all these different ways. Yeah. Um, Now, this is the one I wasn't going to say. Let's hear it. You ready? Okay. So it, the most optimal sleep temperature is 60 to 67 degrees. That is way colder than we have it. I think, what do we have our temperature? 72. It is not 72. It is 72 degrees. It's like 70. Okay, whatever it is. It's it's above 70. It's not <laughs> optimal. And my brain is all swollen now. <laughs> Every night, 
Yeah, 60 to 67 degrees, which is just totally not okay. And what happens to what happens when you sleep in the cold? Well, so your core, your core body temperature goes down anyway when you sleep. But what happens is it, it creates that inflammation uh, reduction. Okay. Because your body's already kind of cooled down. If your environment's also cool, your body can cool down. Now, your body can continue to cool, cool down, I guess, and the inflammation can reduce the, the most maximum, I guess, okay. would be that. Because your body is healing when you're sleeping, and so infl- reducing inflammation would be, really be optimal during sleep. All right. Right? Uh, let's see here. Strengthening the immune system. So what's really interesting is that we don't really have any acute stresses on our immune system anymore. Right. We only have the, you know, we have colds and we have diseases and we have these different things that attack our immune system over a long period of time. But um, the cold itself going in that 50 to 55 degrees um, activates the immune system in an acute stress way. So if you're out there until... This this study in particular did it until they weren't they weren't comfortable anymore, and then they would go back inside and get warm. But what this does is it activates the immune system, and then it deactivates it really quickly. So essentially, you're working out your immune system. Oh, okay. So your your system gets better at activating and deactivating, so that like let's say you have a prolonged cold like me, um, the body will be able to kick on, take care of business, and then kick off when it's not needed anymore. The old cure in tuberculosis by dunking in ice cold rivers. Oh, that was a thing, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Did was it effective? Yep. No way, really? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so go outside if you have the, the tuberculosis. Okay. That's what happens. That is not That's doc- not that's, yeah. Disclaimer go, <laughs> go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. <laughs> okay. Uh your heart also benefits from it because it takes more I'm going to say more pumping. That is not the word. More pumpage. Yeah. Um, so the oxygenated blood, it takes more work to get that out to your limbs, right? We've already talked about that. But as it's going, right, it has to get stronger. Oh, so like the sludge, the freezing cold sludge in your body is harder or is harder for your heart to pump. So it pumps it harder? <laughs> yeah, that's the medical version of the... No, but yeah. it, ha- it has to... T- it takes a lot more to get going. Okay. And then your heart actually gets better at pumping it. Okay. So your heart gets stronger. So you're working out your heart. Yeah. And not in a, in a large way or a bad way, but right. like in a, oh, I'm more effective at getting oxygenated blood around. Okay. And then the most just amazing study of this whole piece, and I'm very excited. If you could see my hands, they would be They're up waving in the around. Air. Yep. yep. Um, so the CDC did this massive... A cold study, and what they did is they took folks who have um, clinical depression, so they've been diagnosed, and then they had um, seasonal affective disorder that's also been diagnosed. And uh, what they found was that if people took cold showers, and the uh, the definition of a cold shower is below seventy degrees for five minutes, two to three times a week, for um, for a three week span, um, had a so depression had a reduction in depression symptoms. Seasonal affective disorder had a significant to um, elimination. So of you can you can symptoms. essentially eliminate sad or seasonal affective disorder by taking cold showers three times a week. Right, and well, and I I want you to go to the doctor. I want you to go to the sure. therapist. But like this is remarkable because this is a body state change. Like because I mean it does not feel good to take a cold shower. No, whoever you are. It doesn't, right? right? So, but for, it releases this endorphin 
or the endorphins that that we're kind of longing for during this time frame of seasonal affective disorder. Now, it is effective in depression to a certain extent. Um, I think depression is a significantly more complicated, and the diagnosis hasn't been kind of spaced out, categorized correctly. So it's hard to do research. But the seasonal affective disorder, man, that is amazing that that those endorphins, two to three times a week, so it's not every day, um, can have a significant reduction in symptoms. And also, it kicks on your immune system so you won't get sick as much. Man, so there is like no reason we shouldn't be either taking cold showers or jumping in cold lakes yeah, all the time. I, I hate the idea of that. I know. Everybody does. So That's why much. we don't do it. <laughs> but okay, so there you go. So it not only beneficial to your to your brain, like your seasonal affective disorder, mm-hmm. beneficial to your body and your immune system as well. Yep. And even so. your brain brain. Like you're more effective at cognitive tasks. You have lower inflammation. Like boom, so, glucose can be used in the most effective way. That's amazing. It's amazing. Okay. So we got to essentially add this into our routines, right? Other than we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the action plan of how I want you guys to implement this. And again. You're going to tell people how to take a cold shower? No. (laughs) I'm saying how many times you have to do it to make it more effective. Okay. What temperatures you have to be at, all that good stuff. And you are not turning down our thermostat. We'll we'll see. I need I need a non-inflamed brain. But okay, well that's it. That's awesome. Okay, yeah, pretty so cool, huh? Science is all we got. That's it. All right. Well, let's do a quick coffee segment, and then let's tell everybody how. And for us too, let's make a plan for how we can implement cold therapy into our lives. I drink pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee, trying to keep my sleepy soul awake. But the sleepiness still comes along And when it does, it's fast and strong I end up with a bad case of the shakes Coffee segment Let's do it What are we drinking this morning? Decaf Hot decaf coffee Hot We should have done some cold brew Why? Because we're going to talk about cold brew Because we're talking about the cold I know, but then it would have been a whole other step And it would be so freezing on my body because I just got out of my 78 degree bed. My little tummy tum. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't work. My brain is so inflamed right now, I can't even think. (laughs) It's not 78 degrees. This morning we're going to talk about (laughs) cold brew coffee. Yeah. And the phenomenon that it is cold brew coffee. Because everywhere you go, you see cold brew. Yeah. And they charge you $5 a cup. Yeah, it's good though. It, it It is good and it's a little less acidic. I think that's why... People. Oh, is that right? Yeah, oh, okay. quite, quite a bit less acidity because you're using cold water okay. poured over coffee grounds or saturated in coffee grounds. Okay. And then it extracts for 8 to 12 to 24 hours. What? And then you pull the water off of that and discard the coffee grounds and you've got a super concentrated coffee syrup. That's what they call it. Oh. And then you can use that different ways. You can pour cold milk and ice in it, make an iced coffee. Mm-hmm. You can pour hot water in it to make a hot coffee. But that is essentially what cold brew does. I had no idea it took that long to prep it. I appreciate the cold brew. I always think it's kind of like a, I don't know, gimmicky. I'm like, I like my coffee black. Yeah, kind it's of not. Like, it's a, it's, it's a not, thing. but it, it takes like a long time to make them. They still shouldn't charge you $4.95 for a cup of coffee. I don't know. But it's that good. I would take, I we pay it. We just, so why wouldn't they charge cause it? Because we're saps and our brains are inflamed, so we can't think any better because it's always too hot for oh, us. Oh, stop it. Cold brew is perhaps found uh, first in Japanese 17th century, so the 1600s in Japan. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they'd already been cold brewing tea, mm. so you know, like iced tea. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the Dutch sh- uh, trading ships came in and introduced a beverage, coffee. Which is amazing. Uh-huh. And then they enjoyed the cold brew style 
that Japan was using because then they could essentially produce coffee without fire. So you're on a big mm. wooden ship. You can make coffee. You don't want to light without the ship lighting on fire. your ship on fire. Smart. So this is called Kyoto style coffee. What? It's made by dripping water one drop at a time okay. through a glass aperture suspended like a tower. What? This can take just this kind of thing can take like five hours of dripping the coffee through. Not even like brewing the coffee, but like sitting there and letting it drip through. Okay. That's a $5 cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, I'd pay $5, maybe six. Maybe six, yeah. But then cold brew essentially evolved. The Civil War, it was very popular. They oh, really? Would, they would make coffee syrup, they'd mm-hmm. make their cold brew, and then they'd hand it out to the soldiers and they could use it in different ways. It's super concentrated, right? So you don't have to have as much, you don't have to carry as much. Right. And then you can either heat up hot water and do it, or you can, you can put just regular cold water in it, make an iced coffee. So they didn't have ice as much back right, then. Right, but, but cold. A cold coffee. A cold coffee. That is really amazing. I would have never thought of giving troops yep. like a concentrated version. So the, this, this was a big soldier thing. So actually French soldiers mm-hmm. um, in an Algerian fortress, they developed this in 1840. And they were giving a, a coffee syrup combined with cold water, which they preferred because the desert was so hot in Algeria. Oh, that so this makes was sense. Like, yeah. This was like the true like like start of cold brew iced coffees. Gotcha. Because they wanted it cold because it was so hot. So it was civil, deliberate. Civil War, they was... probably heated it up. Right. You know, but this one, they actually deliberately wanted it cold. Then they brought that back into mainland France. You okay. Know, and it started showing up in coffee shops in France. Of course. And then Starbucks in 1994 released its first bottled sparkling coffee called Mazagran, which was the, the, was the place, the occupied Algerian fortress. Oh, so ni- when? In 19- 1994. And it flopped. Oh. But then they went on and they made it their Frappuccino. Oh, and then everybody, like literally. Everybody it, loved it, it. Before, and I thought like when I worked on the ambulance and stuff, that was kind of a girl drink. And now everybody drinks it. It's amazing. It's still a girl drink and I drink it all the time. <laughs> you got to make sure your estrogen levels are right. If your estrogen it levels are too low. It has nothing to do with estrogen. Pretty sure. Just by holding not. a frappuccino, it's... But it's Ooh. so good. It is so good. It well, is so good. It's got as many calories as like a McDonald's super extra value meal or whatever. Ugh. Extra large Don't one. compare coffee to so. McDonald's. That's All right. ridiculous. Anyway, that's coffee segment. So I, get out a, there, cold brew some coffee, lower it. the acidity in your, in your stomach. In your tummy. Yeah. And um, be like French Algerian forces. <laughs> be like, this is, this is what they did. This is what I'm going to do. The soldiers did it. Guys, yeah, the French Legion. It is not. Those, are guys, those guys are serious. A girl thing, guys. Yeah. It's a soldier thing. So anyway, that's all I got for coffee review. Let's get back on track and into the action plan. I'm going to tell you what to do. Let's get cold. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. If you have a medical condition or a mental health condition that you're handling, I wouldn't recommend doing these things unless you talk to somebody about it. So disclaimer, talk to your doctor. Yeah. All the stunts performed on this podcast are done by professionals. Kind of disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because here's the thing. I don't know your body. I just know like general studies. And this is why I'm prescribing this kind of thing. Okay. Okay. But your particular body is going to be different. So make sure you take care of yourself. This is advice. And we're not held liable for any drownings in freezing cold lakes. <laughs> Please don't do that. Okay. That's awful. Just a cold shower. So start <laughs> Just with a cold, cold shower. shower. No big deal. Okay. okay, first up, go outside. I say this pretty much every podcast. Go outside and don't put on your coat. Because right now it's wintertime. 
Um, for us, yeah. For us. I mean, you're listening to this later and it's not wintertime. Right. But if it is cold outside, go cold outside. outside. Yeah. Especially if it's around that 50 to 55 degrees, because that is when we really get some amazing activity with the heart, the immune system, inflammation. Like it is just awesome. And we want to stay out there for about five minutes or until it's not tol- tolerable anymore. Okay. Okay. And the idea is when, when you go outside, you get cold, you go inside, you're warm. I, I want to see that kind of rebound effect. Okay. Um, because that's when we get that, that really good immune system activation. Okay. Um, I want you to turn your thermostat down unless you're tie <laughs> <laughs> during work hours. So to, the 56 to 60 degrees is really the best way. If you are doing only cognitive tasks. Right. So if you're working on your computer or if you're, you know, doing some sort of, I guess you could, I mean, even working out or the things that we do for work. Um, sure. So doing colder environment, but if you're doing therapy or you're yeah. loving your kids, you know, like <laughs> give them huggies. Yeah, you want to be emotional. That is not the temperature for you. It's got to go warm, right? Okay. But but really, I mean, if you turn it down, you're going to be more effective at okay. your cognitive tasks. Um, when you sleep, I want you to also turn down your thermostat to sixty to sixty-seven degrees. Get cold. Get, Get cold. cold at night. Um, some people really like this. Like people have windows open and fans and all kinds of stuff. I cannot get behind it. I'm such a cold human. I don't get it. Are you cold at night? Are you I, warm at night? I'm pretty hot. I, I've kicked the covers off quite a few times. Do you really? Yeah. But then I get scared the monster's going to get my feet and then I put the covers <laughs> back on. I wish I was kidding about that, but it's a childhood thing I can't get rid of. Yeah. So my feet got to be covered. Anyway. <laughs> That's okay. Wow. That's that just okay. got really deep. That got, but like, we this need, is exposing. We need, to, we need to reduce the We thermostat. need to reduce the thermostat. All right. Okay. And then the last thing I want you to do, and this sounds absolutely awful, but I'm going to try it, is taking cold showers. Okay. So below 70 degrees. And I, I was thinking about this, like how would you, does it? Would you take a meat thermometer and put it in the water? Because I don't want to go much below 70, to be honest. Like, I want to keep it around that 70. Uh, of like your shower? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a, a good idea. It is to, to maybe kind of feel the temperature of the water. 70 degrees is going to be colder than like room temperature. Lukewarm. Right. It's probably going to be right about there, a little bit less, you know. Ugh. So it's going to feel chilly. But yeah, maybe get like a cup full of water, feel it, and then... Find, you know, get your meat thermometer, your regular candy thermometer, or whatever it is, whatever goes down to 70. Right. And kind of say, okay, that's 70 degrees and it feels about this cold. Right. Well, and I think at some point you'd be able to kind of tell. Right. And then you can gauge it. You don't yeah, have to do but, it. Yeah. But at the beginning, like I would have no con- like way to conceptualize that. So 70 degree water is like um, a regular American lake in the summertime. Yeah. But it's also like 105 outside. So right. Like, it's refreshing. Right. It's not like so, cold. So even when you jump in a lake, even when in the middle of summer, it's refreshing because the lake is chilly. Yeah, compared to the compared outside, to the air. Yeah. So just know that the water on the shower, if it's like okay, I don't really feel it, that's way too hot. Right. Right. Okay. So you want to be a little chilly, and it, we want to try to do it for the five minute span. You might need to work your way up to this because this is this is kind of a shock Wait, to the system. Five minutes. Five minutes, which is almost as long as a lot of people's showers. Yeah, that's my. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. That's to get optimal, but we can work up. It, the thing is, is the splash of cold is going to do you good either way. Okay. So okay. even if you do it for 30 seconds, you're it's doing something. It's something, yeah. Okay. And if you go real cold, we can reduce the time just because it makes the system go quicker. Oh. Right? It's like so super fast CrossFit workout of showers. <laughs> well, like I know that because I've been listening to a lot of different books on health and that kind of thing about like 
a, you know, put it all the way to cold and just stay in there as long as you can. Yeah, that sounds awful. Um, I think I'd rather do the 70 degree, but if yeah, you're going to, if longer yeah, period of time. longer period of time. And I want to, I want you to do that about two to three times a week. Um, some say every morning, but two to three times a week has actually been researched to be effective at um, increasing endorphins, activating immune system, reducing inflammation. Okay. So go outside in the cold if it's cold outside. Yep. And then till it's just, till it's kind of uncomfortable and then come back inside and rewarm. Uh-huh. Turn down your thermostat at night, Ugh. start sleeping in a colder environment, Awful. and two to three times a week, cold shower. Either yeah. really cold bursts mm-hmm. or 70 degrees for five minutes. Yes. Oh, man, this is rough when it's freezing cold outside. Yep, and it's so uncomfortable, but it's good for you. But it's good for you. It's going to reduce the inflammation in our brain. It's going to mm-hmm. reduce the inflammation in our body. It's going to make us just all around healthier. Yes, all absolutely. Right. So let's get out there, get cold, and build a better you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>